I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Asim Mittal. Asim has been investing internationally for the last 10 years and has gained a wealth of knowledge in the process. As you can imagine, there are many, many moving parts and details to consider when you have properties in multiple countries. Most of us have enough trouble keeping up with laws and regulations in one country. Asim lays out some of his strategies for what has allowed him to not only begin investing around the world, but to grow his portfolio as well as manage it from his home here in America. International real estate investing is something that not a lot of people know much about, so hearing perspective from someone who has acquired properties in six different countries over the last decade was something I really enjoyed, and I know you'll enjoy it too. I hope that in this interview you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now, here's my conversation with Asim. All right, guys, we have uh, Asim Mittal with us tonight. How are you tonight, uh, Asim? Good. How are you? Good, man. I'm good. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time tonight. Uh, it's good to talk to you. I actually work with you, Asim. We both work at Disney, and um, we were on a business trip together. And I don't know how it came up. Just real estate came up somehow. And you're like, hey, man, I invest. And I was like, sweet, let's get you on the podcast. And that was months ago, but we finally got you here. So it's really good to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's dig right in, man. Uh, how long, just kind of some some grounding questions so that uh, listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit. How long have you been uh, investing, Asim, and how did you first get involved? Oh, it's all, it kind of happened with me uh, quite organically, right? I have been doing this for about 10 years now. Um, I started very, very small, right? Uh, um, the college that I studied from... Um, most of these these students they basically ended up moving out to a different country and and initially we had this you know you know how it goes when you, you right out of the college you're still connected with your friends and you're still connecting very frequently and whatnot so i got to know learn a lot about a lot of different countries all at once and i was fortunate enough to be able to travel them while i was in college uh, because my college was funding for it and you know different story oh. for another day yeah um so so, yeah, I mean, that's where, and there was a time when I was in India, and that was a time in India when uh, the real estate as an industry was booming up. So, so you know, it caught my attention, and, and that's where I realized that uh, while you are doing it in your home country, it's even better to do it, you know, if you go international, because, you know, there are certain kind of uh, benefits that you get out of it, right? I mean... Um, obviously, there are complications when it comes to it, um, legalities and tax and whatnot. But mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, the currency especially is what got me interested. I used to do a small level of uh, stock trading and option trading back then. Um, okay. And that, so I, I already kind of had some idea about how, um, you know, uh, currencies can, you know, make and break you with the, with the, the very small investment that you have to do. Um, so so that's where I basically started thinking of, all right, so I'm doing this, but this is very volatile, but I got to do something that is long term. Um, so real estate investment has always been 
a, a long term thing for me i never thought of it as of a you know i do it like i'm not a, i'm not a flipper so to speak right sure, sure. i just buy it and i'm all i'm always whenever i'm investing in real estate i'm, I'm in it for long haul yes. um so that was one of the idea where it originated from okay what are the industries where i can invest in for long haul and and you know uh, my risk factor is a little less while i'm still making profit out of uh, the the currency is moving up and down so that's how it all started awesome so that's that's how it started and it fe- sounds like kind of that's uh, what you've kept with is international investing where where are you now with it um where i mean what are your current goals are you actively investing are you holding um on what you have right now so um um i uh, just to give you a good like high level idea as to yeah. i basically have properties in about five five six different countries right now i have some in dubai i have in paris i have in uh, london i have in india i recently bought a house in us and i have uh, one villa in bahrain which is in saudi arabia so um, at this point i think i'm pretty diversified and i have invested a good chunk of my my uh, investing portion in it so yeah. at this point right now i'm just riding it along right um i am seeing a certain countries are really picking up really well uh india on the other hand is you know uh, going down so i'm probably will soon start to think about either flipping my property or doing something else about it right um but at this point i think i have gotten to a place where uh, i would rather not invest very actively anymore rather just ride it along and see how it goes um um and you know and there's a thing good thing about uh, uh, real estate right you don't have to really always just hang on to it or if you have to hang on to it the, uh, there are so many other things that you can do with it to to you know get your return back rent it out um and you know rent it out in so many capacities that you can do nowadays um you know um, or or hand it over to a third party for managing and stuff like that so yes i mean overall right now i, I think i have spent i've invested enough that i can you know just watch sit back and watch and maybe you know hope for a good retirement <laughs> Yeah, man, absolutely. It sounds yeah. like yeah, you said like you said um a pretty diverse portfolio and it sounds like you have a good amount of properties. So t- tell me a little bit uh more about you you mentioned it briefly about uh, the benefits of of investing internationally. Tell me more about that. What what drew you to it? I mean, was it just because you were in those countries and you were like, well, I'm traveling and I'm I'm here and this looks like a good deal or was there something specific that you thought out about international investing? What why did you go that route? So so part of it as in this is how I started that I was in the countries in those countries and I knew people in those countries I was aware of the economy how it was coming up and where the and you know the particular countries moving towards and things like that but more more factor that uh, kind of uh, attracted me was um, there are certain countries who would give you tax rebates if you are investing in real estate right because depending on what what stage this country in whether so, so for example right now canada is pretty much uh, inviting anybody from anywhere right so uh, pretty much every country goes through that kind of phase at some point and and if you are lucky enough to recognize that uh, uh, you get certain kinds of uh, tax rebates right that's one thing second thing is um the income that you make out of that let's say if you're renting a property or if you are using it any professional capacity the income that you're making out of it most of the countries give you rebate on that and like you have to pay a much less tax on that so that was one of my thing where 
okay, I'm investing bunch and I'm getting bunch of my returns, but then I was paying a lot of tax all over the place, which which something that was not very sitting very well with me, right? Yeah. Um. So so that's where the idea of going in for the long haul and always uh, be in a position where you're not actually you know uh, uh, paying a lot of taxes out of it was something that's that's how I landed on real estate. Okay, so yes. um, that, that that's interesting. You've mentioned a couple of things there. So um, taxes specifically sound like um, a really good. Ba- I mean, I know I got I know nothing it seems about international real estate. So assume you're talking to a five year old when it comes mm. to that. Like what what um, what uh, what benefits do you get in in taxes? I mean, what it, it, is that the core benefit? Are there others that that seem to be helpful about? Uh, uh, investing internationally versus domestically uh, is taxes the main thing and then what exactly about taxes is so positive are you just paying lower taxes a lower tax rate yes i'm actually paying lower tax rate so it's not oh, wow, actually okay. the rate that changes right um so so let me let me see if i can explain a little bit more right now i'm paying taxes in india and i'm paying taxes in us and i'm paying taxes in all these other countries that that i'm making uh, uh, you know um, Return set, but each of these countries have their own law. So right now in US, if you buy a home, right, so whatever interest that you're paying on your mortgage, that's a total, you know, rebate out of your taxable income. That's one. So you basically can even change your your tax slab altogether. That's one thing, right? Another thing is, uh, for example, when I bought a bought a villa in Bahrain, at that particular time, Bahrain had Bahrain government had this thing going that if you buy, if you invest certain amount, right, they were going to give you, uh, it's more like a cashback kind of thing. Government is going to give you subsidies for certain things. That would basically be the 10% value of the of the investment that you're making in the real estate industry. <clears throat> so that was, you know, right out uh, 10% return for me. Um, the interesting thing there is as soon as you start getting into mortgages and everything, each of these countries can have different rules for international buyers or international uh, uh, borrowers and the interest rates can get very, very tricky. So so what I have learned in these 10 years is always try to avoid mortgages, at least internationally, um, and, and always uh, to, to keep your risk low also, right? Always go for, there are, there are a lot of third-party uh, uh, firms nowadays which are which are called uh, limited uh, partnership or limited liability, which is basically like they, they basically uh, create a group of people who are willing to invest and then they take their money all in small chunks and basically uh, instead of uh, you investing in a very small flat, they invest in big uh, building altogether. The, buy the whole building and then get each one of your flat or whatever. So that ways you cut your paperwork and your tax liabilities, your mortgage, all that sort of things. And and you have because this is a limited partnership, you end up uh, you know reducing your uh, exposure as well. So right now today, if something goes wrong in Paris or something goes wrong with my property in Paris, at least uh, the only amount that I have invested is, is at risk. All of my retirement plans here in USA, for not one or whatever, is not exposed to that. You know, so things like that. Okay, so that's the that's the strategy you've taken is um is to enter into partnerships with others as you've invested in other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Awesome. It's it's actually a big thing in India. In India, it's very common. Um, okay. uh, there are. This is how I started building the first property that I bought in India was like we, six of uh, friends together, basically, you know, 
um, came up with whatever money they had and bought the property yeah. and then we basically wrote down that amount of shares to each of those uh, uh, things right but then obviously it is done at professional level as, as well and there are so many such companies out there that that would oh. do it for you interesting awesome mm-hmm. um so you you also mentioned a couple of things about like keeping up with with interest rates and, and tax laws, that's what I feel would overwhelm me about investing in another country is having yes. it's complex enough here, man, like trying to keep up with what is, yeah. what do I owe and who and when? I mean, how, do you, do you have to, you, have, that's a lot of countries. Um, and do yeah. You, that, yeah, five or six, do you have to keep up with laws and, and rules and regulations and all of those? So that's how I started, right? I tried to keep up with that, but uh, I've learned enough now that it is just impossible for you. Even if you're in, investing in one single country, keeping up with all the laws and all these this paperwork, I right. sometimes I feel it is intentionally made, made this way that you cannot sure. understand it. <laughs> yeah, right? seriously. Yeah. So I've come to a decision, basically a point where I... I keep myself abstracted from that layer altogether. I always use third party, uh, you know, uh, management companies and things like that. Um, It is just impossible for you unless you're, of course, you're doing it full time. That's a different story, right? Um, But if you are, if you're not doing this full time, then I would never suggest anybody to to do it all by themselves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Mm -hmm. That certainly would feel overwhelming to me. So uh, you you are having, um, not only are you going into partnerships with others to um, that pool your money together, but you're also having other people manage it completely. They handle getting tenants in there. They handle getting things cleaned out and the property uh, turned over when new tenants come. All that is handled third party. Correct, correct. Now, Now, this is where I am. And this is, I'm telling you, and, and you know what? It depends a lot. Like it depends also on uh, you know the size of investment you are doing. Uh, if you are right. So when I started, my the invest the size of investment was very small, and I did not have the luxury of you know having these third parties doing all the stuff for me, or even knowing that there are third parties that even do right, that. Right. 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 Um, so yeah, I mean, start small. Um, and as you go, you start, you do, you, you learn even more and more. And when you are industry, when you're, you know, you're reading about the same thing, you're talking about the same thing you learn as you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you are, if somebody is planning to invest in more than one country and actually is serious about it, I would suggest from day one, get go, get the professional help. Don't try to do it by yourself. Okay. Just, just keep an eye on your investment, your risk capacity. And, you know, the most important factor is, um, you should always be able to liquidate it if anything, you know, comes. So this is another thing why you need professionals. If if we are managing everything by yourself, and if you want to liquidate something, it's it's a nightmare. I'm guessing that's built into the contract. I guess that like you can exit exactly. Okay, do that. Do that. Hmm, awesome. So uh, let's talk a little bit about acquisition of the property. I mean, how do you? How do you find them, like Paris? Like, how do you how do you find a property in Paris? Were you there? Were you looking? Um, did you just have a connection with a group that goes out and finds them and brings the opportunity to you? How do you go about that? It's a combination of of everything, really. Um, so, like, since you mentioned Paris, right? In Paris, I had a good friend who was buying a property, and we were just randomly talking about this, and he, you know, mentioned about certain things that really intrigued me, and then I started looking into it, and then. I basically contacted his broker 
and and that's where it all started okay. from i like i don't really have a method or anything i don't really go in with the mind all right paris it is now i have to start sure, investing sure. in paris right i just i just know that i want to invest and i see the opportunity and or i see a certain sort of link i always want to make sure that i have some level of personal link at least it's it cannot be 100% mm. abstracted right so that's that's the thing so i had a friend there that's how most of the places that i have investment i have good friends over there um and that's how like i don't really i mean the point i'm trying to make is it just happened organically for me i was sure, not sure. out in market looking for it yeah sure so it seems the trick is to have friends all over the world like you <laughs> that's the that's the trick man there you go <laughs> got friends it everywhere baby that's what, that's the trick that's the yeah. formula that works. Uh, <laughs> um so do you have you found um have you found that as you invest in other countries you again you uh, mentioned this earlier too about um sometimes it feels like things can they make things hard intentionally that can be here too honestly but uh when you invest in other countries as not a citizen do you find that they have laws that are um, that encourage that and and benefit that and uh, incentivize that, or are they laws that like de de incentivize and try to get you not to come and invest in a country you're not a citizen in? Depends on the country. Like I just okay. gave you an example, Bahrain. When I bought this property, they actually uh, intensified, so they basically gave me return on it in certain way, right? But okay. but on the other hand, right now I just bought a home in US. It's it's the other way around. It's I'm actually sure. paying much more. My tax bracket changes. I don't get as many rebates. I don't get to you know apply for um, the property tax saving plans, whatever those are, things like that. So it depends what country it is you are investing in. I don't specifically only focus this just one uh, factor. I would rather focus on uh, you know the safety and the the potential of growth of that of of that particular property or sector altogether. <clears throat> but yes but yes laws are different as as the country goes and, and it's not even just that the laws are what they are right like right now in india uh, the phase india is going through there was a phase when it was going through infrastructure boom so there were too many laws that were refreshing every 3 months 2 months now uh, now we are basically in a downhill right but on the other hand bahrain um right now uh, bahrain i keep saying bahrain but dubai right now dubai uh, is actually in this phase it, it is inviting people to invest in them right but right, then right. again dubai is a giant it's a beast you cannot be right. investing a small so you have to then go through these uh, groups that i just mentioned about things like that and how did you get into dubai when did you get into dubai how many years ago uh i think i bought an apartment in dubai about 6 years ago okay yeah i mean yeah. even in 6 years i mean the market uh, i know that dubai is just booming so. Oh yeah, oh man, Dubai. So that's that's a, another thing about Dubai. So good thing about how I got into this and how I started because I used to do trading, stock trading, and I invest a lot in in real estate companies as well, right? So even if you are not just um, um, specifically looking for the physical property itself, but you can keep the market trend for the particular developer who's developing that society or or things. So that ways you know whether your investment is safe or not. <clears throat> and when you are working with these third party con- uh, uh, companies they basically provide you all sorts of analysis as well which gives you idea where to look at what to look for and things like that yeah yeah that makes yeah. Sense. yeah um well awesome yeah uh, share with me uh a an experience specifically cuz i mean as as listeners um tune in and they 
try to get a picture for maybe they're kind of on the fence about international investing or not. They see the title of this podcast and they say, oh, cool, let me learn a little bit more about this guy who has experience doing it himself. Um, and they're just like looking for the pros and the cons. Give me, give me something that um, specifically maybe a situation that was uh, either made better because you, that you went through that was either made better because you were uh, investing internationally or uh, something that maybe was more of a challenge where you thought, man, I, I, this wouldn't have been a problem if I was just investing only in the U.S. Can you think of something specific? Sure, sure, sure. So I will give you, I will give you a very decent example. I recently bought a house in India. Right, and and the whole idea was I'm a citizen of India. Uh, it's my home country. I have been been doing investing in, in in India for a while. I know the market, right? Um, so what I did there is instead of going through all these third parties or or anybody else doing the work for me, I decided to do it for myself, and I bought a house. So in India, one of the law is that if you have a senior citizen in in your lease then you get um, a certain percentage of discount in your home registry. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So I decided to put my mom on, to, on, on the lease, nice. right, as a primary owner uh, because I'm not going for any mortgage or anything. So none of the paperwork was a problem. I just said, all right, I'll pay in cash and my mom is going to be uh, the owner of this place and I will be the co-owner, right? So that way I was supposed to get certain amount of discount in registry, which is a huge number in India. Um so we went through this, we closed the deal. Um, the way it works in India is you pay everything up front, you do the, all the paper with, with uh, a developer who's, who's developing the project. And then after that, it shifts to the, to the government where you have to do the registry where developer just cuts off. It's, it's your thing to do. <coughs> Sorry. So when we had gone through all this process um, and then we, we get to the registry officer, you have to take an appointment you know, I, I will spare the details there. But when we got there, we found out that since my mom was a working lady, um, so she was not allowed to to make that to get that discount, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a which was a which was a clause in in the law that I didn't know about because I was oh, doing wow. it all by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you know, I mean, small things like that. And and when you're investing in real estate, usually the the investment portion is quite large. So even small percentages make a huge difference, right? And that's where the whole real goal is at, right? Um, so my point is, I put in a lot of work in there. Um, I yeah. I did a lot of things a non-conventional way to put my mom's name in the in the lease and everything. But ultimately, it didn't work out, right? So, so it depends on what country and what is specific. It's, it's very small example, yeah. but that's that's how specific you have to know the laws. Yeah, for sure. And I, I bet you felt more comfortable in India because, like you said, you knew the market, and then your mom is there. Mm-hmm. So, if something were to go wrong with the property, she could be help. She could be there to help you know resolve the issue. And um, exactly, still something went wrong. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, was that was that your second home in India then? Uh, well, no, that was not. That, that was my fifth home in India. Oh, okay. All right. So you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, India is. I mean, India well, is where well, I started I, from. So, yeah, India has always right, been right. my yeah, favorite market. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how often do you go back there? I go every year, at least once a year. Okay. Uh, I try to go twice a year, but at least once a year, I definitely go. 
Oh, awesome. Awesome. So you can check up on properties there too, even for, even um, while you're back seeing friends and family. That's great. That's that's all I do really, man. That's all I really do in India. <laughs> Just visit all the properties, do all the paperwork, mortgages. That's all I do. <laughs> it's fun though. It's oh, fun. Wow. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, well, awesome. Okay. So uh, uh, switching gears from the international uh, piece a little bit, um, tell me just in general, Asim, in, in general, as you're, uh, as you've learned about real estate over the last 10 years or so, um, we all have, you know, the things we do to try to try to learn whatever strategy or approach we're, we're taking. So we join real estate groups or read books or, um, any number of things we attend conferences. What, what's something that, um, you've done specifically that has been the most beneficial for your, uh, real estate education? Um, thing that has worked most for me is, um, um, getting professional help, right? Like I mentioned, um, um, limited partnerships and things. And another thing is a stock market. I always following particular developers from particular countries and, and following how they're growing and what are their future, pro- you know, projects are that will basically give you a high level idea for a particular country as to how it is, to what direction it is going to. Right. Um, give you an example. In India, uh, there was this. Uh, basically, I was following certain de- developing uh, uh, companies, and they all had up to hundred projects each, uh, up to two years ago. But most of them now actually are down to one project, two project. Most of them are actually at the verge of getting delisted from the stock exchange altogether. Um, so basically gives me an idea, all right, India is probably not the market I want to invest in right now, you know, and that's a very high level thing. But when you start reading it and when you start, uh, you know, putting your invest into interest into particular developer or country, you, you know, you, you get into detail even further, but that's the high level idea. I always look at the stock market. Um, I just pick a particular, uh, you know, uh, real estate companies and I just watch their stocks, how they are moving. Uh, over the time, three months, six months, a year, and that's how I gauge the idea. That's very interesting. That's the first. That's the first that I've heard that it makes sense. Though, if that's what your background is in, and that's what you have experience in knowing, like, yeah, the health of companies and the health of markets. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you you'd you also mentioned that right now you're not actively pushing, not actively uh, looking to acquire more properties necessarily, as you get you've gotten to a place that that you're happy with and that's bringing you enough passive income, or at least setting you enough uh, up for the long term and in a good retirement. But um, there, you know, there's always things that we're improving, always things that we want to change about our business, um, it, whether it be a process or, a, you know, a system that's in place, whatever. Um, a year from now, Asim, where what would you like to see um, improved or better or changed uh, about about your real estate business and what you're doing there? What I would really like to see is <clears throat> if I could, right, if I could consolidate, consolidate it all. Right now, I'm working with five different companies, okay. five different brokers, uh, different time zones and everything. So I really hope if I, I mean, it's a long shot. I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but you know, one, one can only hope. Yeah. That there was a there was an umbrella company who would manage all these sub-companies for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because at this point, I've gotten to a place where I don't want to sp- spend too much time on it. I just want to be, yeah. you know, watching it from 36 thousand feet level right right, see how right. It is going pretty much so yeah that's one thing that i would really hope that there is and actually there are such companies you just have to know enough about them and you have to trust them enough 
um, yeah, that sure. would do it for you all over the world. Yeah. And yeah, that feels like high stakes, right? It's like everything mm-hmm. you worked for in all those countries managed by one group. That's, yeah. That's pretty, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I could see how that also be really, uh, really beneficial to, to cut down on the time you're spending doing so much that, management. And like you said, across so many time zones, it's got to be really. Right, good. right. But plus, at the same time, it is super risky. Like you really need to be trust this this umbrella company that you're going to start working with, right? Because yeah. at, at, at the end of the day, you're just, you know, putting your trust into them and just letting them do the thing. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, if you could, if you could look back um, 10 years ago and teach um, your, that version of yourself uh, 10 years ago, if you could teach that person uh, a lesson that you know now that would save you the most trouble, over that 10 year stretch from then until now, what would it be? What would be the, the best lesson to, to teach yourself uh, 10 years ago? Do not rush. So uh, I actually have good stories about these things. There, there were, there were uh, instances when I bought properties uh, because I felt this pressure that if I don't buy it now, I won't, won't be able to buy it again or ever. Oh, um, sure, sure. Yeah. Do not make decisions in, in, in hurry. Always take your time. Um, there are so many properties out there, man. As long as you understand the market, you know the market, you know, if one goes, then comes. Just never, never worry about or never fixate on particular property ever. That's, yeah, that's, that's one thing. Really, that's really sound advice for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people struggle with that, especially getting started in real estate. You know, you get so yeah. passionate about it. You're so excited about it. And then you see a deal. And because you don't have the experience to know that a lot of deals come along, um, yep. it's, it's yeah, it's tempting to be a motivated buyer and to just want to jump right in. So that's really good advice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Asim, I really appreciate it, man. This was super, super valuable. Like I said, I knew nothing about it. So it was a great insight to get. And I know a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in it. So I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing tonight. No problem at all, man. Pleasure is Roman. I actually enjoyed this conversation. Good, good. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll see you around the office, I'm sure. <laughs> all right. Yep. Sure thing. All right, man. Have a great night. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.